670 WAMD Aberdeen, and this is the Harford Edge, keeping you on the cutting edge of what's new in Harford County and beyond. I'm co-host Jennifer Button from the Harford County Public Library, and that is Bob Mumby. The Harford Edge is brought to you each week by your Harford County Public Library. Today, we'll be speaking with Margaret Ferguson and Roxanne Red Wallace, the co-chairs for Campaign 42, uh, the African American History of Harford County Project. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. I'm going to even uh, limit my griping this morning because we want to spend most of the show on um, some really uh, amazing subject matter and uh, the, some of the folks that are responsible for getting these words and thoughts from so many people who have come before us and some are still with us yeah. into our hands, so we can't wait. But I am going to gripe anyway. We gripe about something. Oh, okay. <laughs> Two things. is If you're in line behind me at a bank, at the airport, on a checkout line, and the person in front of me moves up three inches, don't get right on my back because you want me to move up those three inches. In <laughs> you know, those three inches aren't going to do you or me any good. I know you want to show progress. But don't stand up to me like Earl Weaver arguing a call with an umpire. <laughs> Secondly, the lottery. Okay. I am sick and tired. Do you guys play the lottery? I do not. I don't. I work too. Oh, I do. I just well, can't. here's what my problem is. I go in this gas station. They still call it gas stations or they call it something else? Sure. Yeah. Okay. And I see people buying scratch-offs and it's a Friday I know that's not expendable money for them, but they're spending all this money. It's a regressive tax. And they didn't, they're not spending more on education. They just give some of the lottery money to education, then they lower the money they're giving to education in the general fund. So... Well, in the defense of those of us that do play, uh, I have to say that typically I get a lottery ticket or a scratch-off ticket. I win, you know, three or four to five dollars, nothing major, uh, and I take that money and buy another one. So I'm just, you know, sort of recycling that same amount of money, and it's purely selfish. I have really no interest in, in helping anyone else get any money for the school system. I'm really trying to win, like, the Powerball so I can retire. So I, I don't even have any uh, pretend. Uh, I don't even pretend that I'm trying to help anybody else. I just I just want to win five hundred million dollars. Well, that, that, and that's fine. And normally, it's say, but you know, they the, like they did a study. They could have made it up, but I don't think they did. Is the, like eighty percent of the people who win a big number in the lottery are bankrupt within five yes, years. Yeah, I've read that too. That won't be me. And if it is, you'll have a smile on your face. I'll enjoy those five years first. Yes. <laughs> All righty. Uh, that's our gripes. Okay. Um, and we always say we're not perfect, so we can gripe. All right. All righty. Now okay. I'm going to get some excellent trivia help from these two young ladies. Yes. Yeah, so we okay. do trivia each week. So feel free oh, if you know the answers to help Bob oh, out. Okay. All right. Um, Megan from our marketing department put these together for us, and okay. we have uh, we have a themed trivia this week. So okay. we are doing Black History Month trivia. Oh boy, we're really be on the yeah, spot. Yeah, we are on the spot okay. now. So it's all right. Bob knows a lot of stuff. Okay. okay. All right. So February was chosen as Black History Month to honor these two men, both of whom were born this month. One escaped slavery in Maryland and became a national leader of the abolitionist movement, and the other was the 16th president of the United States, Frederick Douglass. 
and it has to be it has to be Lincoln. Was it the sixteen? Mr. Lincoln. Yes, Lincoln. Lincoln. It was. Okay. Good job, ladies. Okay. Says Good Mr. Job, Douglas said yeah. his, his favorite quote of mine. He has two favorite quotes. One is agitate, agitate, agitate. And oh the other my. One is, you don't know what's on the bottom of the pot unless you stir it. <laughs> All right. We're good at stirring the pot. <laughs> well, he was actually down in off of Easton mm -hmm. is where uh, Frederick, they, Frederick they, Douglass. They, they tried to break him three times. Actually, Rumsfeld lives in that house now. It's called uh, Mount Misery is, a, is the name of the estate. Mm -hmm. right? Oh, my goodness. Um, and it's right if you go down to Easton and you go out along that that hook towards Tillman Island. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But there, there was, a, there was a, an overseer there that was known for being able to, to break anybody and wow. not him. Mm. So he didn't do all stuff like with no headwinds. <laughs> you know, that's why I, I love the Hostana story because, you know, these people aren't doing this in like 2018. They're right. doing it in 1863. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. Right. All righty. All right. Um, so we're up one for one. one or for two one. for two. The ladies are, not me. Right. Well, you'll get there. Okay. Uh, this New England state was the first to abolish slavery in 1777. Um, Rhode Island? It is not Rhode Island. You're in the right area. Connecticut? Nope. Massachusetts? Nope. Vermont? Yes. Vermont. Right. It was Vermont. Okay. Small one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, that's a good one. Okay. That's a good piece of trivia to remember. Yes. It is. Uh, so a little bit more recent. The parents of Colin Powell. Mm -hmm. Is it Colin or Colin? Colin Powell. Colin Powell. Mm -hmm. uh, I can never pronounce mm -hmm. it right. Uh, immigrated from what country? Oh, my goodness. Jamaica. I was yes. getting ready to say Jamaica. Oh, okay. I was getting ready to say Jamaica. I have his book at home, but mm -hmm. I could not remember. Okay. Yeah. And he grew up in, in the Bronx. In the Bronx, New York. Oh, yes, he okay. did. Mm -hmm. Yes, he did. Didn't know that. I got to hear him speak when I was in the military station in Alaska. He came up there. That had to be amazing. Yes, it yeah, was. He's, he's a fantastic speaker. It was speaker. amazing. It was amazing. Oh, okay. He told that, that great story when he was sitting at the table with uh, Gorbachev. Uh, when During Perestroika and Glasnost, when Gorbachev finally realized that it wasn't working. And Glasnost was restructuring and... Paris, uh, Paris was restructuring Glasnost with openness, and he was trying to get it done. And some of our Congress people were just trashing him uh -huh. and making it really hard. So they had a meeting, and Colin Powell and George Bush Sr. and a few other people went out, and they met with um, with um, Gorbachev and his um, his cabinet or Politburo, and and Gorbachev is trying to explain to Bush and everybody that we, we don't want, we're, we're done, we're not, we don't want this Cold War, we want to do something else. And, um, and Colin Powell says, I see Glasnost looking at me, and he's saying, how do I get through this man? He's, he's, he's not a statesman, he's not a politician, he's not a businessman. Um, and he said, I saw Gorbachev just nod his head and smile, and he said, "My generale, I am not your enemy." Mm. So he says, "He said he's a general, he's a soldier." So, and when Pal tells that story, it's like this is such a historic moment. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I ramble. 
Um, what major U.S. city elected the first African Amer- American mayor in 1967? Oh, um, mayor, mayor in 67. I have a guess. I'm thinking Atlanta, but... Atlanta or Detroit? Neither. Okay. Your hint is that it is also home to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Cleveland? It was Cleveland. Cleveland, Cleveland did that. Wow. Yes, wow. I did not know that. Next time I visit up there, wow. I'm going to check that out. Yeah. Your son lives close to there, mm-hmm. doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, my son lives up mm-hmm. that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it shocked me as well. Mm-hmm. Cleveland, okay. Yeah, I would have guessed Atlanta. Okay. Mm-hmm. But and who was he? I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. Usually, right. so that's Usually I do the research, now. but I figured this time it'll force me to go back after the show and do some research and, do and some learn more research. about it. All right, yeah. okay. <laughs> Um, who was the first African American to have his likeness portray- portrayed on a U.S. postage stamp? Jesse Owens. It's not, but that's a good guess. This this gentleman was brought to national fame for his Atlanta Compromise speech, and he was the dominant leader in the African American community between eighteen ninety and nineteen fifty. W. E. B. Du Bois. Du Bois. Du Bois. Washington is Washington. Booker T. Washington. Booker T. Washington. Booker T. Washington. Oh, I, w- I, I, don't know. I was thinking Louis Armstrong, but it better yeah. better not Booker have been T that was, late. We had a southern flair where uh-huh. where um, W. E. B. was more city. He was more, more into the bourgeoisie. Than, uh-huh. yeah. mm-hmm. The Harlem area. Yeah, Harlem Renaissance. Mm-hmm. Um, who said, I never run my train off the track and never lost a passenger? Harriet, Harriet Tubman. Tubman. Yes, ma'am. Harriet Tubman. Tubman. Harriet yes. Tubman. <laughs> <laughs> never lost, lost a passenger. Uh-huh. Isn't uh, she... Is that still going through? She's going to be the new $20 bill? As far as I know, but I haven't heard very much on it lately. But no, I don't think they're talking about it too much right now. Yeah. Okay. Everything's up in the air these days, mm. so let's just leave that alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I heard uh, Lynn Marit Manuel Miranda say that his play saved Alexander Hamilton because he was the one that was going to get bumped from the 10. Oh, really? But he said his play oh, moved it to the 20 and it's oh, Andrew really? Jackson. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Len. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to destroy this French pronunciation, so bear with me. Uh, Jean-Baptiste Pointe du Sable, uh-huh. I, I know that's not correct, was a Haitian-French pioneer who founded the settlement that would later become which large U.S. city? And I have multiple choice for you. Okay. Okay. New York, Chicago, or New Orleans? New, New, gotta be New Orleans. Mm-mm. It's New York. It is. It's not New York. New York. It's it not is New York? not New Orleans. Oh, okay. So it's gotta be Chicago. Chicago. Oh wow. Chicago. Wow. Oh, that's. Chicago. We cry foul. That's oh. like. I know. Megan has given me so much to look up. Uh, I'm going to Google every single thing on this trivia okay, this week. Make the coffee machine in here anywhere. <laughs> we have the internet. Okay. I know. I'm, I'm shocked by some of these answers. Like, have I really just, I've missed so much history. I thought I knew Us a lot. Us too. You know? Yes. Yeah, we have too. Oh my goodness. All right, we have one more. Um, and it's a true or false question. The first African-American woman elected to the U.S. House of Representatives was a New York Democrat. Shirley Chisholm. I think that that is true. Shirley Chisholm. So it's a true or false question. Shirley Chisholm. Shirley was Chisholm. Democrat, so I believe right. that it was, yes. Mm-hmm. Shirley Chisholm. Yeah. Well, and um, 
Barbara Jordan, I guess, was right after. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. One of the best um, convention speeches was Barbara Jordan, I remember, yeah. like yeah. 1980. We did, we did good. We worked our way through. Okay. Oh, okay. We're done. We do. I have a lot of homework. I'm going to go back and, and okay. look up some of this information and learn a little bit more. Okay. How'd you do, Bob? Did you uh, did you know most of these answers too, or did the ladies just um, figure them all out for you? Um, no, I knew the um, the Shirley Chisholm. Yeah. Didn't know the uh, the mayor, but then you ladies didn't either. Mm -hmm. So I don't no, feel so uh, bad. No, no, we still don't know his name. We still don't. We'll look it up on the break. Right. We'll uh, Google. Okay. It. Okay. Google it. Yeah. Google. I, I, I use that Google. <laughs> As a, you Good know, thing and a bad thing. Uh, yeah, I, I know. know how to use a, um, an encyclopedia um, too. Yes. Or as um, Yogi Berra said, I'm not going to buy my kids an encyclopedia. They can walk to school like I did. <laughs> <laughs> Yogi was famous for his. <laughs> when you get a, to a fork in the road, take it was his other line. <laughs> Doesn't matter which one, just take one of them. Okay. Well, we're... Um, we're not even going to do a a, um, a, a a knowledge thing today. I think we're going to go right to break, and um, and then we'll um, we'll have some fun and whatever time we have left at the end, we can do the news and the other things. Plus, we'll do the library things. Okay, great. So when we come back, we'll be talking uh, with Margaret Ferguson and Roxanne Red Wallace, the co-chairs of Campaign 42, the African-American History of Harford County Project. The Harford County Public Library's Innovation Lab, located at the Abington Library, is now open to the public with hands-on training for area community members aged 6th grade and above. Through creative experiences in the Innovation Lab, you can develop new skills, resources, and products that will help to drive Harford County's economy forward. The Innovation Lab's technology includes the MakerBot Replicator 5th Generation 3D Printer, 3D Creation software including MakerBot and PrinterBot, professional green screen with studio light box, and both Apple and Windows computers. All to help create your electronic video, audio, publishing, and 3D design projects. For more information or to reserve the Innovation Lab for your special project, call 410-638-3990 or visit the Abington Library at 2510 South Tollgate Road. Welcome back. I'm co-host Jennifer Button from the Harford County Public Library, and that is Bob Mumby, and this is the Harford Edge. We're delighted to have Margaret Ferguson and Roxanne Red Wallace, the co-chairs of Campaign 42's American, African American History of Harford County Project, in the studio with us today. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Good morning. Bob finally got me with that tongue twister. <laughs> oh, uh, it was a matter of time. That's right. So Margaret Ferguson was born and raised in Baltimore County's Turner Station. Uh, Ms. Ferguson receives her high school diploma from Dundalk High School. Married to Leon Ferguson, they have three adult children and eight grandchildren. Uh, she retired in 2010 from jobs involved with medical billing. And she now volunteers with the African American History of Harford County Project. In her spare time, she attends Bridge of Hope Community Church. And her love of history makes working as co-chairman for the, um, the, the project a joy. I'm going to just make it a little easier on me. Yeah, thank you. Sure. <laughs> uh, and Roxanne Red Wallace, she's a native of Harford County, a 1970 graduate of Edgewood High School. Ah, child prodigy. Six years old when you graduated, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, she served in the U.S. Air Force for 23 years. Thank you for your service. Thank you. Uh, and retired as a master sergeant, sergeant in 2002. Uh, she and her husband, Mark, have two adult children and one grandson, Killian. Uh, Roxanne became involved with the African American History of Harford County Project in 2016 while researching her own family genealogy. She enjoys meeting people, especially our elders, and getting to know them and, and encouraging them to share their stories. Um, Roxanne also mentioned she feels extremely privileged when they are willing to share a little of themselves and their lives for this project. As a student, she didn't enjoy history because she never saw anyone on the pages of the history books who looked like her. Uh, and Roxanne prays that they are honoring their ancestors with this project. Welcome to you both, and thank you so much for coming on. Thanks Thank for having us. Thank oh, yeah, we've been looking forward to this. Um, tell us, uh, start a little about Campaign 42. Okay. Campaign 42 is a movement that was started by Jerome Herschel, Stephen Smith, and Barbara Herschel. And they saw a need to reach out and find lost, forgotten, and overlooked local black history. Um, they went out into the communities to talk with people about um, the lack of representation in local government. So that's really how it started. So they go out to, in the communities and talk with people. And then they saw that so much uh, African-American history here in Harford County was lost, missing, or, missing or forgotten. Mm -hmm. Or misconstrued. Yeah. That, too. <laughs> that too. Misrepresented, mm -hmm. misinformed, a lot of misses. Mm -hmm. right. yeah. So uh, uh, under that umbrella, that was the genesis of uh, the project. Right. That's um, right. And tell us how that got started uh, and what form it's taken. And okay. tell us about 100-plus okay. um, pamphlets. Yes, almost, okay. We're almost 100. Right. We've got 87 pamphlets published so far, and um, we have, I'll start with how, how Jerome reached out and got a committee together of committee members. Um, we have a committee that meets monthly, the first Tuesday of the month at the Bel Air Colored School at 502 Hay Street, and uh, our committee con is composed of um, the following people. Mrs. Um, Evelyn Sue Clayton, Miss Irene Harris, Mrs. Beverly Johnson Reeves, Miss Sarah Smith, Mrs. Catherine Ann Waters, Mr. Stephen Moore, Mr. Bob Green, myself, um, Roxanne, Jerome Herschel, and Stephen Smith come together. And from our meeting, we discuss ideas of what pamphlets we want to put out there. Mm -hmm. So that's how we begin the process. Also, Joan Wiggins. And Joan, Joan. Wiggins, and who is our copy layout person right now, too, for the pamphlets. And Jim Chrismer. And Jim Chrismer, <laughs> who is the copy editor. Yeah, uh, my wife just did, um, my wife, you know, my, my wife Cindy Mumby, she works for Barry. They, they just did that. Um, that film about oh um, about Swallowfield yeah mm -hmm. uh, she was uh, her and Barry were up at uh, at that site and <laughs> I mean the the ice house where yes. where um, these these folks had a like 
sometimes stay uh, among hay in the ice house for days at a time until until this is on the on the underground railroad oh, and, okay. and awesome. until they could make it to Susquehanna where another freeman was Very waiting cool. to ferry them across and absolutely amazing wow. and i uh, would love to because that is um is there what is there an event about is there an event is it, or that was just done as a tribute to black history month the, the thing on um, that was done as a tribute to african-american history month uh but usually hosanna school takes an underground railroad tour each year and that's part of the tour okay to swallow prep as well uh, Swallowcrest or other places that we find around the area where there may have been uh, slaves that were involved in the Underground Railroad. Okay. So, and a as we go along each one, we want to tell folks uh, how to find out more. Uh, um, give us uh, the websites, and we could t uh, say it later. We, um, what websites can folks go to to find out more of this after the show? All right. Well, we don't currently have a website. Okay. However, we are working very hard to get one. Okay. Well, they they could do what I did. I mean, I, um, I think I originally emailed Mr. Herzl. Right. Herzl. Right. And then so, he he started um, put me on the mail list, and I get right. these emails from you all the time. Right. So, that so is right what. now, it's better to contact us by email at Harford Campaign forty two point one at gmail dot com. If you want to, if you're interested in getting the pamphlets right now, and then from there, once our website is actually up and running, I will email the um, link address for the the website that we're in the progress of getting right now. Okay, so it's Harford campaign. The number forty two point point one dot one dot one at gmail dot com. Okay. Great. And I just, um, I have to read something that impressed me, and I'm sorry to say it impressed me because it's so, it's so rare to see. And you have no idea where I'm going with this. We no, we don't. Uh, That's <laughs> usually what scares me. Be on a, okay, we're just going to take this well, ride <laughs> I, right now. I got two emails. Uh, and had two files. One was the new brochure and a list of all of 2017's brochure. Then another file, uh -huh. African American oh. History of Harford County Project, corrections to pamphlets published in 2017. Okay. Now they're not big corrections. Right. No. But you publish them. Yes, we do because we want, this is history we're writing. We want it to be accurate. Why is this rare? Why is this like something that <laughs> I never see any other publications doing? <laughs> because we're special. <laughs> we want to be accurate in our reporting, and sometimes we make mistakes, as well, all historians do, but we want to get the correct word out there. So when someone notifies us that we've made a correction, we go back to verify that their correction is correct, first well, of all, and then we send out a correction at the end of each year. You guys should teach some workshops to a lot of other organizations <laughs> about accuracy and and uh, uh, correcting the record. Um, okay, so let's uh, let's. I'd love to get right into some of uh, some of some of the 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 subjects of this, but um, talk to us first about why we're doing this you said it at okay. the beginning but okay. i mean we're but we're talking you know 
our kids in school, it's our, our, our media, our local newspapers, etc. Okay. Um, well, we're doing this to help people to um, understand the contributions that African Americans have made in our communities, that we are, as one, a part of this whole global world, and we have participated and contributed, but a lot of times it's not acknowledged, so we want people to know what contributions actually African Americans have made, and they do deserve a, a seat at the table when it comes to politics. They do um, need to be recognized for their attributes and contributions. And, and it sounds so basic, but so important. Uh, you know Andrea Lewis in Maryland Council for Humanities. Um, she does a program every year called One Maryland, One Book, where um, everyone from all different groups gets together and talks about a book. One uh, was King Peggy. I don't know if oh, you remember King I, Peggy. I, I, the library uh, did it. Library had that. It was one of the books of the month or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was three years ago. Mm -hmm. She was administrative assistant in D.C., and she found out she was the hereditary king of a village in Ghana. Mm -hmm. um, oh, okay. And it's beautiful it's a, um, because it's great because she went over there, and the elders said, well, you don't talk. You don't have any role. You're a woman, but you're the honorary king. She is that. <laughs> if I'm the king, I'm going to be the king. <laughs> I'm going to talk. <laughs> And she since has gotten a water treatment plant built over there. Oh, wow. Um, so a lot of other infrastructure. Um, so anyway, but this, all this stuff, if it, so many people want, want to find it easy to dehumanize uh -huh. others and, and make them not real. Because yes. then it's easier to hate them. Uh -huh. Yes. Uh -huh. And every, the more we can read about and learn about these people that not only were it's not just there but heroic stuff strong stuff etc yes. right. mm -hmm. I believe that's how we break down all the barriers that exist in this country right now I think we're so divided and splintered right now a lot of the rhetoric that's coming out of our government um, is so negative and I think it's so important that we get to know each other on a personal basis uh, find out what our backgrounds are and then we find out that we're very very connected I know that when I go out to do uh, interviews with people I often find that I'm related to them it's like what I never knew we were related it's like yeah your great-grandfather was mine da 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 and whatever and it's absolutely amazing and uh, I just think it's so important that we talk we open dialogue we discuss so that we can understand that we're not that different. We're really not that different, mm -hmm. and we need to work together as a community. It's harder to blame somebody for being hungry if, you, if you're looking them in the eyes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, yes, so true. Well, and I think it's such an important part of what you're doing is, is expanding our, our collective history for Hartford County. I mean, right. because it's, while right now, you know, it may be a bit more segregated, and we're trying to, you're trying to um, resolve that gap, that's missing. That's um, 
ultimately this is a history of one community not mm -hmm. two separate communities because yes. ultimately we are all members of this one same human race, human race. and so th that needs to broaden our own understanding but you can't truly we can't truly understand who we are as a community if we don't have the full story and that's what i think is so that's impactful right. about what you are um, helping to provide is that missing piece of the puzzle that some of us didn't even realize was missing exactly. yes exactly and like, that's so true people don't know it mm -hmm. and so you know uh, we're trying to bring that out to the forefront mm -hmm. so that they can get the information that they don't have mm -hmm. and I know in being involved in this project myself I've learned so much that I didn't know mm -hmm. as um, well I've lived here for like over 40 years because mm -hmm. I'm not originally from Harford County but I, I've, I've met some amazing people and and just people who inspire me like Mr. Um, Brown, Mr. William Brown, uh, to know all his accomplishments that he did. is He's a remarkable person. Well, let's talk about him for a minute. Uh, okay. Mr. Uh, William Bill Brown. Yes, Coach yes. Brown. He was um, quite a runner. Yes. And somehow he got elected to, <laughs> to Bel Air County. Bel -Air. To the Bel Air, Bel -Air. Town Commission. Town. <laughs> <laughs> and Believe me, he it was it was a short term because he, he was like, I'm out of here. <laughs> oh, I can't imagine what that guy put up with during yeah. that tenure. Yeah, but, um, but he was uh, a superb athlete. You know, he was just awesome. The medals and records that he has, record-breaking uh, track uh, events he's participated in. He's come home with gold medal from the 1951 uh, Pan American Games uh, in a four-man relay race and then individual racing for the 800 meter he won the silver medal and before that he was um, in uh, international track star in Europe and the Netherlands and he broke records there and he won medals there as well as in this country he's he was just an amazing athlete um, he was on the Morgan State team that won uh, the Penn relay and in, in uh, I think it was in 1948 the two-mile relay yes um, he's just an amazing individual I mean he was superb a superstar athlete and uh, not only that he's just a genuine wonderful remarkable human being and uh, inspiration and then he, he taught at um, Bel Air uh, the consolidated school first and he got um, he was the coach of that team and brought them a, a championship a state championship and then when integration we were the schools were integrated he uh, got he was uh, given a position uh, at um, Bel Air High School, and there he he took that team to the championship. He's just an o an overall wonderful man. <laughs> and he um, uh, well, I I know some people that uh, he coached, and um, there's still um, isn't there a um, they have an annual race in his yes. name, don't they? They yes, do. Uh, the Charm City Run, Charm City Run puts oh. that on through the Bel Air High School each year. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, it's called the, the Bill Brown Cross Country Series. Mm -hmm. It's a three-day event. And so it's children that's 14 and under to encourage them to be involved with track and field. Okay. Mm -hmm. So he did all this great stuff, and he comes back, and he teaches thousands of other kids about 
athleticism and teamwork and keeping going. He's touched so many lives, young lives and old lives too, because when I met him, I'm impressed with his accomplishments and the things that he's contributed to not only Harford County, but, you know, to the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because he represented us in Europe. He represented us in South America when he was in the Pan American Games. And so he's just a wonderful individual. And again, these folks were doing this when there was a lot of... (laughs) anti you know, a lot of um, so you, you have you yeah. add like eight more weights to their back and realize they're doing this stuff that's so true under those conditions. That is so true. Um, yeah, because he had stories too about how Jim Crow laws affected him. You know, as a a, a child here in Harford County. Right. I mean, they there was a separation of the movie house. Uh, African Americans were not allowed to go through the front door of the movie house in Bel Air. They had to enter from an alley, go up two flights of stairs, and sit only in the balcony. And they, if they wanted anything from the concession stand, they'd have to give their money to um, a man named Mr. Johnny Bond, who was an African American. He would go down to the concession stand, get whatever they would wanted and then bring it back out back up to the balcony to them they you know being treated like second class citizens mm-hmm. and i can remember talking to mr brown who had served in world war 2 who was almost killed mm-hmm. by um land mines that exploded in world war 2 in france um and then to come back home and go to a movie house and at that time um he was not allowed to come into the front door, to go in through the side. And then, uh, you, you know, that kind of uh, demeaning and, and, and insulting uh, way of, be, of treating and being treated is just, it's appalling. And like you said, it, 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 it's hurtful. It's very hurtful. And if anybody had to go through that, through that themselves, they'd be singing... A much different tune um, if they had experienced that themselves. Like Atticus Finch says, sometimes you gotta walk around a little someone else's skin. Yeah. And I want to also say that uh, Mr. Brown, uh, because he had been in the military and when he came home, to realize that when they had, um, this is when World War II was going on and we were fighting the Germans, that German prisoners were uh, allowed to be escorted to the movie and come through the front door if they had had good behavior and hadn't been a problem to the as being prisoners they were rewarded and one of the rewards was to come to the movie house and here mr brown is seeing uh, his enemies marched into the front and he said to me he was so hurt to know that um the enemy was treated better than the african-americans here Oh, uh, just uh, so it kind of breaks un- your heart, you know, oh, to it's, hear it's, that. It's, it's unimaginable. Um, and the other, the thing that would be hardest for me is how, how do you keep your cool? I, I, I wouldn't be able to keep my cool uh, uh, in that situation, um, even if you know you're going to get hurt further. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I just can't imagine the, the strength that it took. Yeah. Um, and let's talk about the, the black jockeys, which is something else 
we had no about uh, oh, right. <laughs> um, uh, uh, idea about. Yeah, well, Maryland being um, a state that has horse racing history, because we have Pimlico Racetrack here, we have the Laurel Racetrack, and back in the day, for the early jockeys, there was the Graw and Havity Grace, and um, black jockeys rode all these, and they were excellent riders and winners in, uh, of races, and um, because they were doing so well, um, white aggressive riders and um, racetrack officials thought, well, hey, they're making too much money because they're winning these races and the owners are, are employing black jockeys and not us. So then it was an effort, a concerted effort to, um, to hurt them, to um, attack them so that uh, they would do that by um, whipping another jock, the black jockey while they win the race or riding him into the rails. Uh, they made uh, wouldn't allow black jockeys to be in the organ jockey organizations. So all these attacks, e economically and physically, um, m made black jockeys um, less made it less attractive for black jockeys to to continue to race because it was getting to be too dangerous. And uh, then the owners who owned the horses. They didn't want to hire the black jockeys, use black jockeys as riders, because they didn't want their horses hurt. Not the men. They didn't care about the men being hurt. They didn't want the horses hurt. So it was it was a horrible situation uh, later on as black jockeys were winning so many races and, and making a good living at doing this and, and to be attacked like this. So then, as a result of it, the... Um, they lost uh, that occupation and that ability to make a living at the things they loved doing. And uh, I looked up uh, Josh Fisher, Eugene Fisher is one of the names, and uh, oh, Isaac yes. Burns Murphy. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Isaac Murphy was, um, let me see, he, was, he won the Kentucky Derby, Isaac Murphy did, and... Um, and Will Harbit is another one that's just fascinating. Uh, he won the Potomac Handi Handicap of Havre de Grace in 1920. Uh -huh. Who knew? Yeah. Um, it's just um, wonderful, yeah. So, and actually, I read that there's a book ha has come out um, called The Prince of Jockeys, The Life of Isaac Burns Murphy. Oh, I hadn't heard of that one. Um, uh, Pelham McDaniels is the author. Oh, okay. Um, but I know in our pamphlets, we have two pamphlets dedicated to black jockeys. One is pamphlet number 68. It talks about the early black jockeys and lists the um, people who actually, the jockeys who lived here in Maryland and rode in races. And, and, and folks, that's HartfordCampaign42.1 at gmail.com just send an email you, you this, I will tell you one thing you you won't you won't stop at one <laughs> uh, pamphlet right. and then what you're gonna do is you're gonna read it and then you say oh my god these this fire at Aberdeen proving grounds from the the phosphorus for the bombs Edgewood Arsenal. Uh, and Edgewood Arsenal I'm gonna ask you to talk about that and then you'll research that and then you'll see oh the only person who died 
that had their name in the paper was the white the white lady. The white lady. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that event. Um, that's amazing on so many levels. Okay. Is that something you guys, um, you folks, uh, have at hand? Um, um, I brought the pamphlets. With one. Those were our latest uh, pamphlets. We're moving on to something else because <laughs> we're always moving on to something else. Okay, well, you know but what? That's okay. Um, pamphlets number 86 and 87 talk about the Edgewood Arsenal explosion of 1945. Um, the percentage of African-American women who were working at Edgewood Arsenal in the munitions plants at that time was approximately 50%. But in most cases, when you see the photos that come out of there, there are no black faces. Um, there were 12 women who were killed on um, the morning of May, May 15th, May 18th. I can't remember the date. I'm losing the date. Um, um. May 25th. May 25th. May 25th. There were 12 women who were um, killed when uh, one of the munitions exploded. Of those 12, 11 were African American. Uh, the only thing that the papers said about them was their name and the fact that they were colored. Uh, a few of the Baltimore papers did at least list their addresses and their ages. Um, the paper for several weeks carried articles about the explosion but never bothered to check into the status of these African-American women. And we were fortunate enough that we know, we happen to know personally, <laughs> three of these women. <laughs> okay, uh, One is Margaret's <coughs> aunt, this nanny. Nanny. Aunt nanny. Wilson Allender. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She was there that day. She was making $77 every two weeks um, <laughs> working on the munitions line. And the other was Mrs. Charlotte Johnson Chase. Now, Miss Charlotte is amazing because um, when the explosion happened, she was working as a janitor in the, cleaning the building, and she had gone in to change her clothes for the evening to leave when the explosion occurred. Uh, the explosion knocked her to the floor. She began to scream. As she couldn't get out. Her eyes were closed, and she just laid on the floor and screamed and screamed and screamed until she lost her voice. Um, she opened her eyes and all she could see was smoke and then she noticed that there was a hole in the wall through which she climbed and got outside and they took her to the ambulance and took her to the hospital. Mm -hmm. What I thought was really amazing is that when she got to the hospital they put her in an iron lung machine. That's right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, and the doctors told her mother that she was going to die, that, you know, prepare for her to die. Yeah, two doctors and, confirmed right. that she wasn't going to live. And, um, but God said not today. God said not today. That's right. Um, she, had, she has some hearing loss as a result of that accident, uh, that incident. Um, and she also has some raspiness in her voice. For a long time she wasn't able to speak. And she talked in the pamphlet about how when she first heard her voice it scared her. When her voice finally came back it scared her because she hadn't heard her own voice in so long. But um, she gives God all the glory for what happened in her life. Um, and she's just absolutely amazing. The thing that I find frustrating about that whole incident is that she was never compensated. She never received any compensation whatsoever for um, the, at the injuries that she received. Um, you can talk a little bit more. Maybe it's not too late. Uh, I wonder. Well, we would like to find out and, and let her know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because she still has her voice is affected even today from that accident. And where where is uh, she live now? She lives in Mag in uh, Denby Town. Okay. In mm -hmm. Denby Town. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she uh, she along along with Aunt Nanny both went to work at Edgewood Arsenal 
when they were underage, they, they fudged their records yeah. so that they could get the job yeah. um, because the jobs were attractive, <laughs> you know, to be able to make some money, to be have a secure government job. Yeah. So they were teenagers when they got hired there. Mm -hmm. right. They falsified their age so that they could get the jobs because my aunt told me, she said, my father was, wasn't well. He was the sole provider of my uh, sisters and brothers and mom, and she came from a family of eight. And also, uh, Miss Charlotte came from a large family, so um, they needed the money in the household. Mm -hmm. So that's why they, you know, falsified their ages and put them up so they, they could bring some money into the house. Now, my Aunt Josephine uh, was, one of the, was the third lady that was involved. She's my aunt. It's amazing when we had the story. It's like, oh my gosh, we have uh -huh. a connection here. Yeah. Um, she also worked in building uh, for 509. And uh, she happened to be on maternity leave the day of the explosion. So she was blessed in that way. But she did say that she had been at work on other occasions where there were explosions, but she was never involved in them. And she never went back to the munitions plant. She went back to work at Edgewood Arsenal, but not in that capacity. So those ladies were here and willing to share with us, and it was absolutely wonderful. It was a joy to just sit down and talk with them. We got them together for lunch one day, and uh, they, they saw each other's faces, and it's like, oh, I know you, you know, and it was just absolutely wonderful. Yeah. And we're, uh, we're going to give the names of uh, the young ladies who, 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 who passed that day. Uh, Mary Florine Johnson was 28 from Edgewood. Um, Clarice B. Catlin, 28, Annie K. Alston, 33, Annie C. Cook, 45, Claudia McGee, 22, Eleonora Oliver, 36, Lucille Springer, 34, Grace Todd, 26, Vola Valentine, 54, and Lena Washington, 39. Okay. And then, of course, there was Miss Maud Bradford, who was the white lady who perished. Okay. She, got, she got press coverage, and her obituary was in the paper. She's buried at the Darlington Cemetery. Okay. Okay. Um, and actually, the, the next pamphlet is going to talk about these three survivors. Is it out already? It's out already. It's out. Oh, okay. It came out last Friday. Okay. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. we release pamphlets every on a biweekly uh, basis. So, okay. So, yeah. And I said building... 409, but it was actually building 509. 509, okay. <laughs> um, well, that's great. Um, I just, um, it, it's, it must be amazing just to talk with these women now. Um, oh, yeah. Because, again, there's no substitute for, for being brought back like that to what, what is, uh, uh, what's going on. Any other things uh, you'd like the folks to know? Um, about this uh, again it's harfordcampaign42.one at gmail.com first of all if folks want to help out either getting either volunteering oh. or getting oh, that website yes. closer to fruition mm -hmm. we what so do they happy. do we well we'd be so happy to have oh, more yes. volunteers because we're a small cadre and it it's really hard work trying to go out and interview people and then transcribe their interviews and pull it together into a pamphlet set it up and format it. We want people to come out and help us with the research, um, with doing interviews, with transcribing. In all capacities, we need volunteers. Yeah, we just need help. And whatever skill you have, just contact us and we'll plug it in. Is, is the best way that, that um, the email or your phone number or what? The best way is the email. Yes, the email. Because yes. I'm thinking we get right. maybe a history teacher. 
right. in the high schools or a history professor at Harford Community College. Yes, right. Give yes. kids credit mm -hmm. uh, right. that would be to be interned for you. Right. Especially a connection with the Harford uh, Community College to see if maybe uh, students can get a credit for writing articles for us, doing research, uh, transcribing. Right. We also have a post office box, post office box 52 in Abingdon. If people have materials, we're always looking for photographs and documentation and uh, census records yes. and newspaper articles, especially old photographs because they add so much to the pamphlet. What is the zip code? P.O. Box 52, Abingdon, Maryland? 21009. 21009. Mm -hmm. Just address it to Harper Campaign. 42 or to the African-American History Project. Okay. Yes. And we'd like people to just talk to their elderly relatives. And you never know what stories they might be able to tell you that um, they were uh, involved in some historical event. And then um, share that with us. Uh, if you have photos, share your photos. If you have documents, uh, share those documents with us. And we will copy them and give them back to you. We won't keep them. Okay. Um, yeah. And uh, if you're not, uh, any of the uh, needs that we're saying that we are open for, uh, I just want to also say if you want to be a presentator of, uh, a presenter of the history, you don't have to do the writing, the researching, or um, <coughs> those kind of technical things. Maybe you want to be a person who can go out and talk about the black uh, local history of Harford County to groups. Okay. Um. Uh, yeah, and I just send these folks an email because I'm sure a lot of you out there already have ideas. As I mentioned, I could say it on the air because he'd he'd love it. Uh, Matt Slatis, the general manager of the Ironburg, uh -huh. they have 38 home games every year and 150,000 people walk through those gates and he does hometown heroes. He uh -huh. recognized Harford County school students. We have race against child abuse that he supports. Char Hope, which is a recovery house that I'm on the board of, he gets the word out. Home runs for the homeless, he does. And he's already said he would love to have you folks uh, during some games, either have uh, the story up on the scoreboard or uh, um whatever, just to get the word out. And again, there's an average of 4,000 people in there at, um, for any given game. So uh, he said to, to connect you folks with him. And, and he will, if he says it, he'll do it, and he'll make, he'll make it, he'll things, follow through. I'm sorry. One of the things that I personally would like to see happen with this pamphlet is that it get into our schools, that it be used, utilized in our schools, because um, it, 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 um, African American History Month, February, every year, people start scrambling, oh, what are we going to do for African American History Month? And we get telephone calls asking for people to come out and call to, to speak to the students, and we're a very small organization. We don't have the resources to do that, or the people to do that. And so, the teachers could then take that information and share with their classes. Better still, even on a more uh, personal level, I, I believe that African American history should be taught year-round in our school system. Not just African-American history, but Native American history, Hispanic American history, the history of all peoples. We are a melting pot in this country. And I think that we should start uh, behaving like that and, and recognizing all minorities if, with reference to education, not just one group of people. It's the only way? 
the only way Absolutely. for people because the dividers on both sides want us to be able to think of people as others yes. and yes. and yes. not and not human beings because that makes it easier for us yes. to hate right yeah, and exactly. or to dismiss yeah, that's right. um so everything like this is mm -hmm. a little blow against that <laughs> that's i got good talk about to kill a mockingbird when that uh, the farmer and his four cronies come in the pickup truck to and Atticus Finch is guarding the, the courthouse because uh -huh. Tom Robinson is being held in there and they come to the courthouse in the middle of the night and they're gonna they're gonna their plan is to lynch him mm -hmm. before his trial uh -huh. and little scout um, who had snuck down to the courthouse to wonder why her father was there mm -hmm. sitting in front of the courthouse. She's watching from the bushes and these men pull up and and they say, step aside, Atticus. And he said, you're not going in there. And she runs out. She knew one of the men because um, his son, she goes to school, went to school with his son. Um, hey, Mr. Wilson, how you doing? How How's... How's Jeffrey yeah, doing? That's right. And it like shook him out. Mm-hmm. He, he he had a moment of humanity. He sure did. And they s sort of s slinked away. Mm -hmm. But it was seeing this little that girl who them. was right. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, right. Uh, so I always that was always one of my favorite moments. Yeah. Uh, regard uh that's one of sort my of favorite movies too. Forcing to us to, to remember we're humans. Right. <laughs> Well, that's great. Um, Harford campaign 42.1 at gmail.com. Yes. Okay, and we um, actually, we'll skip the second break. We're just going to, uh, ladies, you, uh, we have five more minutes. Do you want to stick around? Um, yes. Yeah, we're going to do some to. library events, and then maybe okay. we'll, yes. I know what we're going to do. Okay. We're going to ask you what, if you had a chance, what would you tell your 21-year-old self? We'll oh, give you a chance okay. to think about oh, it. Right. We do that as often as we can. One woman answered, I would tell my 21-year-old self, honey, those jeans don't fit. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay, Jen, what do, what do you folks have going on other than everything at the library? We do. We have one or two things happening this week. Um, so first, I want to let everyone, it's not too late to register for the winter reading program. Uh, you can earn a free mug and a pen while supplies last. Um, so that is going through March 3rd. This is for adults. Uh, adults read at least five books, and our teenagers read at least three books. So you read your books, you log them in, um, you just go to your library, um, and you will get a free mug and a pen. The mug is super, super cute this year. Um, just so you know, I am uh, definitely encourage you to go and, and get one. So okay. read your books. Okay. Five books right. is not a lot. If you've already read those books, but you read them between the start of our program in December and now, go ahead and log those in. They still count. Okay. All right. Okay, so Good you can go to know. any location. Good to know. Um, we have our teen after hours at uh, Jarrett'sville Library, uh, Friday, February 16th at 5.30. This is um, the night that's just for teens. The library opens up after it's been closed to the public. Um, teens can watch a movie, play games, surf the net, just relax and have fun. Um, a parent permission slip and registration are required, but this is a time for teens just to get together and have a nice place to socialize um, and hang out. 
um, Saturday, February 17th. Um, this is one of our really exciting programs. At 2 o'clock at the Aberdeen Library, you can try out our virtual reality um, field trip with Google Expeditions. So VR is something we have in um, our branches now. Um, this uh, particular program is focused on exploring Black History Month with a guided virtual reality field trip oh, wow. using Google Expeditions. So um, it just gives folks an opportunity to, um, you know, take that trip that they haven't been able to take in that person. So awesome. um, lots of great... Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great to go to Africa? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, registration is required for this one, um, but please try and, and make that. Um, Want to give folks a heads up that we are closed on Monday, February 20, or I'm sorry, <laughs> February 19th, um, in observance of President's Day. Okay. Um, but the library is back open for business on Tuesday, February 20th. Um, we have at Edgewood Library on Wednesday, February 21st, Digital Camp, and this is uh, for age three to five years or grades K through two at 11.45 in the morning and grades K through five at 6 p.m. Uh, this is a way to connect tablet technology back to the real world where you and your child can have um, fun with words, numbers, handgrams, and more. So um, definitely if you're interested in getting your children involved in technology, maybe introducing them to STEM, um, take them to one of these programs and, and really just, you know, work with them. And you can learn something as well if you haven't played with Osmo. Mm -hmm. It's super fun. So um, just another great way to get involved with your child. Um, and then I also want to let you know about Thursday, February 22nd at the Whiteford Library, 6.30 p.m., um, one of our master gardener programs. So this one is called Grow It, Eat It. Mm -hmm. um, you can learn sustainable organic methods of gardening for homeowners. Margaret, you're a, you're a gardener? Saying, yes, I am. Every year I put my little tomatoes and cucumbers out there in the garden, right there. In the well, we have 44 plots at the Boys and Girls Club in Aberdeen. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, my back still hurts <laughs> from filling them with uh, dirt. Uh -uh. This program might work for both of you then. So the focus um, for this one is going to be on seed choice, uh, your soil, chemical use, and pest management. So mm -hmm. yes. um, again, that's Thursday, February 22nd at the Whiteford Library. And pest um, management comes in handy in everyday life, too. I mean, I didn't want to <laughs> make the connection to you, Bob, but you know. <laughs> Uh, but that's, that's just a taste of what we have going on, and, and you can find more information about all of our programs if you just go to the library website, mm -hmm. hcplonline.org, pick up a copy of uh, Headlines and Happenings at any branch. We have lots of stuff going on, and so we'd love to see you come out to any one of those programs. Thanks. Thank you. Don't you guys ever do anything we at the library? <laughs> we just hate to be bored, Bob. We have to find something to occupy yeah. our time, right? Excellent. Okay, ladies. Margaret. Okay. Well, you have your 21-year-old self in front of you. What do you tell her? I would tell her to have more um, confidence in her decisions that she's making, to um, try new things, to... Um, I could use some vitamins during that time, but because <laughs> I can remember having my daughter was young and I'm working, I was so tired. So it's like, take your geritol. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, yeah, that's... but I, I would concentrate more on um, getting an education. 
furthering my education. Yeah, and I would do that and um, just reach out and not be constrained and, and look at uh, looking at too many um, boxes that people put you in. Just stretch out, you know, don't let them box you in. Amen. It's great advice. It really is. If you can only get our 21-year-old selves to listen. Is it? Mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. Roxanne? I think that I, I, this is a pretty easy one for me. I would tell my 21-year-old self to talk to my elders, to talk to my grandmother more, to talk to my, uh, my cousins more, to just communicate with my family more, and not to throw away the paperwork, <laughs> just <laughs> all the documentation. I, it hurts so bad when we go out on these um, interviews and we, t we talk to someone and they say, well, I just threw out a whole box of that stuff last week. Ugh. And it was all the family memories, all the family records, and, and those type of things. So I would talk to my elders more and um, to my family more about the family and so that, you know, we can carry that legacy forward, whatever the family has done, that legacy forward. Mm -hmm. um, and then I would probably tell myself to, um, to chill a little, to chill, not to be so uptight all the time yeah that's mine is one of mine is always um shut up <laughs> watch and listen more you yes. don't learn any yes. anything by talking right one mouth, two ears. <laughs> one mouth two ears my father used to say um um it's better to not talk and have people wonder why you didn't say anything than to talk and have people wonder why you did. <laughs> Jennifer, what's, what's your 21-year-old thing? I know we've done this, and we're going to end with that, so it's got to be really good. Great, so it's got to be good. I would have two pieces of advice for myself. Um, the first is uh, this lesson that I've been trying to learn uh, for the last decade or so, which is life is short and you need to just live it to the fullest, live every day like it's the last mm -hmm. one that you have. Mm -hmm. um, and my, my other piece of advice would be to trust my intuition, trust my instincts. Um, because when I look back on things, uh, if I had just trusted in myself and what I knew to be true, mm -hmm. I would have um, always made the right decision, yes. uh, you know, and so, had I learned that a little earlier in life, I think I'd be, you know, just in a little bit better place now. So, not that I regret, the, you know, the decisions and the learning process that I've gotten to go through, you know, but uh, it would have been a little easier. <laughs> We're going to make though. a book out of these, by the way. It's a great idea. Um, yeah, that's a good idea. Fun. <laughs> all righty. Well, that, you didn't disappoint. Well, thanks, Bob. Um, uh, we and Margaret Ferguson and Roxanne Red Wallace from uh, co-chairs of Campaign 42, African American History of Hartford County Project, and uh, thank you for being here. This was great. Thank you for having us. And Hartford Campaign 42.1 at gmail.com. You all have ideas on how you can help, uh, how others can help pitch in, and and send them a note and. Also ask them to send you those brochures because they're unbelievable. Is it pamphlets or brochures? Pamphlets. Pamphlets. Mm -hmm. All righty. All right, and that's all the time that we have for the Harford Edge. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Brown,